car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Uh, this week we're going to start on our series of what you need to know and what your technician needs for them to know about you, about repairing your vehicle. This week we're going to be talking to Jimmy Shoebanker. Jimmy is an ASC technician L1 certified. He and I are going to discuss the questions you need to be asking your technician and the answers he should be given or she should be giving you back. And remember, this is all to protect your wallet. We want to keep money in your wallet. We want to thank our sponsor for the first half of the show, AC Delco, AC Delco Parts. I have them on my customers' vehicles. I've been installing them for decades. I really love the consistent quality of an AC Delco part. And it doesn't matter if it's a foreigner domestic car, AC Delco has the quality part for that car. So when you're in need for a part replacement in your vehicle, ask for AC Delco by name. So let's get on with our conversation with Jimmy. Let's see what we can teach you about how to have your car repaired properly. Take it away, Jimmy. How are you? Good. Very well. This week we're talking about what the customer really needs to tell the service writer or technician to have a successful repair and experience at an automotive shop. Oh, great. So you've been doing this for decades along with the rest of us, and um, I'd like you to throw your two cents in. Uh, from my experience, most customers are scared to talk to the reps and also to the technicians, and I don't understand why, but the more information that we can get, the quicker we can make a diagnostic and a repair on their vehicle, which in turn saves money. That's very true. Why would you think that? Because I see that too sometimes. It's like they don't, don't want to give the information out. I don't know, but if, if they could uh, make a checklist before they come to see us, uh -huh. that way when they come in they, were, they would be prepared to answer questions that uh, <clears throat> could actually lead to a quicker and less expensive repair, especially in diagnostics. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, and going off the premise that they are afraid to talk, how do you think we uh, could put them at ease? The best way to do it is build a good rapport with the, with the customer. And, and, and you have to have their trust. Right. And the way that we can do that is to be as honest and open as possible and also provide as much information back as we possibly can. The more informed the customer is, the more at ease and the, and, and the, the more information that you can get from them. You can actually save your save their parts and show them to them, explain to them how they work. And a lot of times the customer can really help you. That's very, very true. You know, we have actually one example I'm going to give you that I have a customer coming in. Actually, his parents are customer of ours, and he's coming in Thursday to talk about his horror story from another shop. And, you know, we don't like to hear that because, you know, we're a proud industry, and unfortunately, one or two apples boils the rest of the bunch. 
we just want to try to avoid this, you know, reoccurring for him because now he's really gun shy. Well, you, you know. and understandably, and understandably, you can see why. But that's a very good point as well. Uh, the customer, if they can, if they have the records of the repairs that have been done on their vehicles in the past, the maintenance and any repair, that can also help lead to a diagnosis. That's true, and you know he's bringing his in, but still, you know, we got this gun shy person in here, and he needs to open up. So, well, that's that's where it's up to the service rider to truly uh, spend some time and talk to him and put him at ease and let him understand that you know we are there to help him and to repair his vehicle as. Um, professionally as possible right well you know in this case and what he has conveyed to me over the phone he should have gotten a second opinion a long time ago because how i understand it when he's coming in there are going to be quite a few invoices for quite a few repairs and he still has the same symptom and problem with his vehicle that doesn't show our our industry in a, in a positive light and that's the reason why when, when customers call me I always try to give them as much information as possible. Even if they just want to ask questions, I am there to answer any question possible. If they call and ask, you know, something about a, a repair that they've had done somewhere else or a repair that they're thinking about having done somewhere else, I always try to give them our side just as well so that way they have another opinion. And they also, they could always take it to another garage and have another professional check it out and see if the diagnosis was correct. Exactly. And in this case, is probably what he should have done. Now he's traveling quite a few miles to come to see us to try to rectify this. The bad part about that is it happens way too often. Yeah, it does. So you need to, guys, when you're listening to us out there, you need to have a second opinion if you're unsure. You know, the uh, other thing that I'd like to bring up is we can't diagnose cars over the phone properly. Again, and this happens often, we shake our heads and we can't understand this. People think, and I'm not joking, that we can diagnose a noise in their car by them putting their cell phone or their house phone up to the car to listen to the noise. Now, how many times has that happened to you, Jim? Well, that's, that's happened quite a few times. But that's where the point where you have to just tell the customer, you know, that's something they would have to be actually looked at to see, especially when it comes to uh, noises and a lot of running problems. You know, there's no way that you can even get close by going over the phone. But in some situations, uh, they actually, you can actually guide them in a direction as opposed to some of the garages out there, and I hate to say it, they're just trying to get in people's pockets and they'll try to sell them things that they truly don't need. Mm -hmm. And you know how many times we have heard from other technicians who have formerly worked at other shops that they're required to do a quota, and well, that's I, wrong. I actually was in a shop like that at one point, and it didn't last very long. Really? They actually yeah, had you got, do a quota, huh? Well, it wasn't a quota, but it was, uh, you need to find something wrong with every car that comes in. Well, that's definitely wrong. Yeah, you can't, that's, that's definitely no way to be, so I quit immediately. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out, Jim, going yes, over a few of these tips, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you very much. Do you, do you have any words to the wise, to the consumers out there listening? Well, uh, like I said, arm yourself with as much information as, as possible because a smart consumer, you know, is the best consumer. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you again. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And you know the majority of the shops out there want to help you. They really do. They want to take care of you. They want to make you a satisfied customer. They want to give you the best possible 
experience for repairing your car. You know, they took the survey and the survey said that people were more likely to want to go to the dentist versus getting their car repair. And this is all based on lack of knowledge. Remember, knowledge is power and you need to know about your car. You need to be an informed car consumer. And that's what we're here for. So let's think of some other things that we can arm ourselves before we go into an automotive repair center, especially one that we're not familiar with or that we've had suspicions about in the past. Know what your symptoms are. Remember, ask those two questions. Why do I need this repair? And how is this going to affect my car? And how is it going to affect my pocketbook? And how is it going to affect long-term relationship with my car? And remember, they need to talk to you in layman's terms. You can ask that question 10 million times. They shouldn't care. Their goal there is to A, repair their car properly, and B, to make sure that you, the consumer, understand what's going on. This is extremely important because if you understand, you're going to be able to digest how this is going to affect your car, again, the word how, and it's going to make you a better car care consumer. And it's about that time in our show to talk to our gadget guru, Peter Sudak. He is Mr. Gadget, and let me tell you, he always has something extremely helpful for you and for me when it comes to gadgets for our vehicle and how to make our lives a little bit easier, a little safer. So this week, we're going to discuss those nasty yellowing headlight lenses. About 20 or 30 years ago, headlight lenses were made of glass. When the bulb burned out, you replaced the bulb and lens assembly. Nowadays, if your headlight fails, the factory-made lens, the one that's attached to the car, stays in place. The bulb socket is located behind the lens. That's the part you replace, the bulb, not the lens. While it's cheaper to replace the bulb instead of the lens-bulb combination of days past, the lens is constantly exposed to the elements. After a period of time, and it doesn't matter if you drive a high-priced luxury vehicle or an economy car, this lens discolors. This haze blocks the light emitting from the bulb, making it harder to see at night while driving and harder for others to see you coming towards them. So let's ask our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, what to do. Hi, Peter. This is Pam. How are you today? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, we've been talking about vehicle safety and being safe in your car. And the topic came up of being seen and being able to see. And that brings us to you. Maybe you can explain that icky yellow stuff that gets on the headlight lenses. What is that? Uh, that's basically an oxidation between the sun and the plastic in the lens. It just creates a chemical reaction that basically turns it yellow. It's not a really a preventative measure to stop it. It's just the way, just the, way the sun and the plastic intermix over, over time. Uh-huh. Is there anything that we can do to uh, yes, reverse it? Yes, auto parts stores, they sell a very simple kit to use to clean that oxidation off. Scrubbing it with a scrub brush or anything doesn't work. It has to use these kit with a chemical. Okay. And um, what happens is it's just basic. It's, it's a three. It's a three-step kit, and the instructions are very simple. And you can probably do both lenses in about an hour. Oh, so I could do this in my driveway then? Yes. 
Okay, so it's that simple, and it's it's not going to make my hands turn yellow or anything like that. No, you might you probably might want to wear a pair of gloves just to be on the safe side, but no, it's not going to make your hands turn yellow or anything like that. It takes the yellow stuff off real well, real easy. Okay, well, if I couldn't do it myself because well, I just wasn't capable, or I lived in a condo or something like that. Do you think maybe like a car wash, would they would do that, or like my dealership or my independent auto repair center do something uh, we like could that? Probably, probably a detail shop would be able to do it for you. More than mm. likely, they've got the technology to do it now, now that they found the chemicals to break that up. But basically, car washes, uh, I don't know if the automotive repair shops would be able, other repair shops would be able to do that for you or not. But So it depends. Okay. Yeah. All right. So on Peter's advice, I went to the local auto parts store to see what products were available to clean my headlight lenses. And you know, he's right. There had to be more than a dozen products dedicated to clean those lenses. It was located next to the car wax and wash products. But which one to choose? After reading the directions on several, to see if it was easy as Peter said, and, according to the directions, it sounded like it, I asked one of the parts specialists which one they recommended to their customers. After purchasing the product, I asked a customer if I could clean their yellow lenses on their older luxury vehicle. I explained that we were testing this product on their vehicle and, according to the directions on the package, it guaranteed that it would remove the oxidation and restore their headlights ability to illuminate the roadway. With this product, it was a two-part process. Before starting any automotive project, I put on latex gloves to protect my skin from chemicals associated with automotive repair. Then I opened that package. It came with two different grades of very fine sandpaper, an acidic wash to be placed on a provided towelette, and a small container which I would describe as a car wax-like substance to be placed on the lenses at the end of the process. Between the applications and drying times, the entire process took under an hour. And you know what? While it doesn't look like it came off the showroom floor, it looks pretty close to it. And it made the vehicle look years younger, which didn't hurt its resale value either. A couple of days later, I asked my customer if they noticed a difference between the before and after lens cleaning application. They heartily agreed that the headlights had a notable improvement illuminating the roadway at night. If you are unable to do repairs on your own vehicle, whether it's due to a condo rule or you're just physically unable to do so, I called several area car wash detail establishments and inquired if their facilities performed headlight deglazing. All but one provided the service. The average price was $50 compared to the $17 I spent at the auto parts store. I would side with Peter on this service. If needed, get your headlight lenses refinished. It benefits you, your vehicle, and allows others to see you coming at night. And if you're just in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. This week we're talking about headlight lenses and how to make you a more savvy car care consumer while you're at the repair facility. But up next, we're going to be catching up on our email questions. Of course, our email questions, they are piling up. Thank you for writing in. And we're going to be talking to Mike and Tim regarding uh, how to find that pesky oil leak down to what fuel you need to put in your car. And we've talked about that in the past. 
and I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the future, but today we're going to have a full-blown discussion on it and try to help Tim and Mike out. So we want to thank our sponsor for the second half of the show, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. Our email question of the week is from Mike from Florida. Mike's got a Hyundai Elantra, and he's noticed a couple of oil leaks uh, spring up, and he sees a little residue on his driveway, but he wants to know, how can you successfully stop oil leaks? Well, Mike, first of all, your ASC Blue Seal shop, an ASC certified technician or dealership, should know before diagnosing any type of oil leak that you need to find out where the source is from, and the best, absolute best way to check is using dye. They actually have engine dyes and power steering fluid dyes, coolant dyes and dyes for your AC system to see where there's a leak. And there's a specific one for engine oil. It's non-toxic. If you get it on you, it's not going to hurt you. It's They have a little scale one to five. And this is considered a zero, like very, very, very consumer friendly. You pour that in the engine oil and uh, basically drive around for a couple of days. And then you go over to your ASC certified shop and they have a black light. They'll put it up on a lift and they'll see exactly where the oil is coming out of, if it is at all, because it may be something else or something that you drove through before and it's creating this uh, residue. But I guarantee you this is the proper way to do it. I don't care how dirty or nasty or greasy or slimy that engine is. When it's going to leak, that dye is going to come through and it's going to show a trace. It's going to trace exactly where it came out of. That is the best way to check and diagnose engine oil leaks. So I hope that helps, Mike. And uh, go over to your favorite shop and have your AC certified technician put some dye in there, wait a few days, drive around, have a good time, go back, and have them find that leak for you. And good luck with that. Next, we have an email from Tim from Oregon. And Tim asks, what is the best fuel for his car? Well, we've talked about this several times in the past, that, of course, the best fuel for your car is top-tier fuel. Top-tier fuel is only manufactured by a handful of petroleum companies. This was at the request of General Motors, Honda, Toyota, BMW, Mercedes, BW, and Audi. And they needed a specific formula for their vehicles to burn clean and to get the best fuel economy. This handful of petroleum companies says, we can do this. And you need to see your ASC certified technician at your ASC Blue Seal shop to find out which top-tier fuel stations are in your area. Because it is regional, uh, we'll have some that are up north that we don't have down here. And there'll be others in California where they don't have them in Pennsylvania. And of course, there's a whole group of top-tier fuels for those who live in Canada. Now remember, all gasoline basically is the same. It's the additives that make the difference. And that's what the top tier fuels have, are these additives. These additives increase your fuel economy, they decrease the emissions coming out of the tailpipe, 
and increase the money in your wallet and your bank account. And how can you do this? Well, if you're getting a better performing fuel, you're going to go farther on a tank of gas. It's real simple logic. And when you go farther on a tank of gas versus a non-top tier station, then you are going to, on a piece of paper, eventually get a free tank of gas because you're going farther on that same tank than you were versus using the cheap stuff. So, I mean, a free tank of gas, there's that word again, free. My gosh, this is wonderful. Think of all the money that you saved by putting top tier fuel in your car. We have an engine apart in the shop. And basically, it's just been really abused. We have the cylinder head off of it so we could see the piston. And it is caked with carbon buildup. I mean caked, folks. That It is thick. So I showed the customer the difference of using a top-tier fuel versus not. And this was the example of someone who didn't use it. It says, look at all this carbon buildup. This is something that you can't see with your naked eye. Look at all this caked up. This is going to cause pre-ignition. It's, it's just, it's bad for the engine. It's bad for your wallet. It's bad for the fuel economy. I think he's going to heed my advice, even though he said, well, the car is a lease. I don't care. I don't care that the car is a lease. I don't care if you own the car. You have to look at the big picture. The big picture is that you're going to go from point A to point B. And you have top tier fuel in it, so you are going to make point A to point B with less fuel than you would if you use the regular cheap stuff. That is not a top tier. Therefore, by using the good stuff, the good healthy gas for your car, you're going to go farther, and that means your money is going to go farther in your wallet. So it doesn't make a difference about taking care of the car. It makes a difference about taking care of your wallet and your bank account. So you need to do top-tier fuel. Very, very important. Remember, ask your ASC certified technician where in your area you can get top-tier fuel. There's quite a few stations that are listed. Like I said, it's regional. Ask, and you won't be disappointed. And we're that point in our show. Thank you for dropping in and talking with us today and hoping that you're a more savvy car care consumer. Again, thank you to our sponsors, AC Delco Parts and Jasper Engines and Transmissions. We appreciate your support. Next week, we're going to continue on and we're going to actually have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone just like you who's been in the car repair facility and just did not know what to do next. We're going to sit down with them and explain how not to get yourself into that situation ever again. And you know what? Less stress on you, less stress on the car, less stress on the technician in the shop. Everybody's happy, and you drive away with a vehicle that works. And you know why it works, which is most important. Not quite most important. I take that back. Actually, most important is to keep that money in your wallet. And that's what we're all about. The whole premise of the show is to make you a more savvy car care consumer. Take care.
Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.